Welcome once again, everybody, to another edition of After Further Review with Mark Ferreira, John Pelkey, and Jeff Taylor, our producer, as always, with us. And uh, wherever you are, whenever, however you're listening to us, we greatly appreciate it, as always. All right, guys, lots to talk about today. A lot of, a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Looking forward to the NFL playoffs. Uh, some marketing choices that the NFL's made, which I find really, really interesting. Is that juggernaut? continues to roll on uh we were probably going to talk a little bit about james harden that's the big story in in the nba that uh everybody said the problem with the houston rockets was that james harden ran the team and we'll talk a little about that star system and all that sort of thing maybe some college football as well but before we do any of that who watched the whole monday night football game show of hands who watched who watched the cleveland uh baltimore game either of you no best football game I've watched in. Did you watch the whole thing? Watch the whole thing from beginning wow. to end. Uh, I, 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 I have always set up the, the, the DVR and I came in about half an hour into it. We were probably binge watching something else. Uh, and then I watched it all the way through. And you know me, Mark, normally these high scoring circus affairs. Right. I'm not a big fan of. No, like, no, you, you think they're fascist. I want two to nothing battle Royale stuff. But I tell you what, this is as entertaining as I've ever seen. And and same division, young quarterbacks. So the possibility that this is something that will go on uh, for a long time, this, this matchup. Yeah. That said, since you didn't watch it, you will not have an educated answer to this question. I'm going to ask it anyway. Well, that's how, how, how different is that? than any other conversation we've had. Which team impressed you the most? Which team impressed me the most based on reading the box score, which I did, <laughs> and reading the uh, the recap of it, which I did, and watching a few highlights, which, of course, I did. Uh, which team impressed me the most? Well, I would say overall, John, that Cleveland – it makes sense to say Cleveland because yeah. our expectations for Cleveland are so low and you don't expect Cleveland late in the season. You expect them to kind of fold up the tank, uh, fold up the tent a little bit. Mm-hmm. You don't expect them to stay with the, you know, the team that was the best team in the AFC last year, uh, score for score for score for score. That being and, said, and the Ravens are fighting for their playoff life too. So, I mean, they had a lot more invested in this game than did Cleveland. To your point, Cleveland's just trying to show up on the stage and finally say, hey, we, we're not going to wilt under the hot lights every single time. And it's fun to see them do that. It's yeah, fun sure to is. see them uh, make all of that work and, and hang. It's also fun to see, um, you know, Lamar Jackson be, be able to do what he does as well. I, I know people have a lot of feelings about the kind of quarterback he is, but what he did on Monday night, according Remarkable. to the box score and uh, the recap and some of the highlights it is, is, is true vintage Lamar Jackson kind of willing that game to be won because of what he would do, keeping them on the field, uh, you know, putting together drive after drive. I, I was very impressed with his performance and overall probably with the Browns a little bit more than the Ravens. But and I'll tell you, expectations. the thing I liked, and we've talked about Lamar a lot on this uh, show, talked about that, you know, last year what he'd really improved on was his accuracy as a, as a thrower. He's He is a special athlete and I that's thrown around too much, but I mean, he is as a, he's Barry Sanders at quarterback at times, really. Um, Exactly. What, what was really impressive about him was, you know, he was doing almost everything with his legs early on. And then he went out. It's disputed as to why he went out, if it was just nature calling or he had a uh, 
or he had to uh, get some IV fluids. And I'm kind of I've sort of believed the IV fluid thing, given the amount of time that he was gone uh, and the fact that he had gotten over covid and people said, well, it's cold, you know, cramp up in the cold. That's not true. You can. And he is, you know, he is so much of that offense that uh, you really, really if he says he's cramping up, I'm going to believe him and I'm going to give him fluids. Uh, But that said, after all of that with the legs in late in that game, he beat them with his arm, Mark. And that's what I love because I got some comments. Uh, as a matter of fact, I got a couple of texts from people assuming I was watching the game and um, saying things like, you know, can we ask young Abbott when he's on on Friday? The, the Derek Abbott, our, our uh, you know, Greg Cosell of after further review <laughs> and ask him if he's just a really good running back. Lamar Jackson, I'm speaking of, uh, if he's just a really good running back Not at all. that just – he sort of does what the coaches tell him to do uh, in terms of the passing game, uh, and I don't. I don't believe that's it. I think. I think on many levels he has improved this. He he has continued to improve year in and year out. And uh, for whatever reason, this year didn't quite work out the way it did last year for the Baltimore Ravens. But they're in the. They're going to be in the playoffs. And would you be surprised if they made a run? I would not, not at all. Remotely surprised. Not at all. They, I'd it, be more surprised if Cleveland made a deep run than I would if Baltimore did. And Cleveland more wins than Baltimore. Uh, they have a phenomenal offensive line. Baker has certainly learned to play within the co- constraints of what that offense is. And he also showed, Mark, in that game. And again, you, you didn't watch it. It's a shame. Uh, the, the, uh, you, you know, you can uh, you can actually, uh, I think the NFL Network does like hour-long compressed of those games. Yes. You got to look at that in DVR. You know, that. I like that. I love those. Just for the quality of the show. That's all I'm asking. Uh, it, <laughs> but uh, again, uh, a million people saw the game and a million people are talking about it. I know. Uh, and one of the things people are talking about, and this is something that I wanted to get to as well, because I hate to do we are looking into how the media is reacting to these things. And it is pretty great to listen to the, the media reacting to this. But uh, uh, a, a, you know, a common take, as you said, on Lamar Jackson is he is a running. He's just a running quarterback as all he is. And I think what we saw in this game, and I think we saw that last year, this has been a bit of a disappointing year. But again, this year comes with a slight asterisk anyway. I agree. Because of everything that's happened, people have opted out. There are guys we've never heard of that opted out that we don't know about that uh, rob teams of their depth and all kinds of things happening. We've talked about the lack of practice. Lamar missed almost two weeks of playing because of COVID. So you can throw those things out. But I think he will always be um, known for his running because he is such a special athlete, as was Michael Vick, who I don't think ever developed quite as much. He did in, later in his career developed into a little better passer. Um, but I think he could still be considered one of the greats of all time if he continues on this uh really at the at the level that he is at right now because really it's about scoring and the ability to move the offense and we seem to think that all quarterbacks only get style points for passing um i I just i i I can't say enough about uh him he could have very easily rolled over in that game but he is he is a good he is a hell of a competitor he's a fiery guy and he's a leader on that team and he is going to be constantly uh ill-regarded to your point, John, peep the, the second there is a chink in any sort of armor with Lamar Jackson, people will go to that tired old trope about about running quarterbacks, about, you know, 
athletic quarterbacks that perhaps right. don't work hard enough. They'll always go back to that. And uh, what I love most about Lamar Jackson is that he refuses to go down that road. Every time, even the, the you know, the most learned football uh, uh, analysts start to go down that road or start to think mm, maybe he is just no, no. The second that happens, he always turns them around and shows that not only does he have a better arm and is more accurate, accurate than we have given credit to him for, but he's a better leader. He's a better quarterback. Quarterbacks, yeah. the, the job of a quarterback is to win the game. In the end, that's the job of a quarterback. And um, he did that. He made sure that the Ravens won because, yes, you're right. They were hanging on by their, you know, by their fingernails. They, they were, they were, were taking haymakers. They were, they were, I, you know, let me just say this. I worry about both of those teams just defensively after what I saw because they were taking haymaker after haymaker and Baltimore, you know, Cleveland keep coming back, keep coming back, take the lead. And, uh, they, they, there was no give up in the Baltimore Ravens. I think they could very easily be a dangerous team that upsets the apple cart in, uh, in, in the playoffs. And I'll tell you, I know everybody now there is some d debate whether Kansas City is the best team because now, you know, flavor of the week is Buffalo because on national television they had a really, really good game. And you're lying if you don't admit that the fact that it was a Sunday night game had a lot more to do with that. If they'd done what they did, you know, three o'clock on Sunday afternoon, it would have been, we wouldn't be talking about them as much in my mind. But I think, yeah, I, going, agree. The, the I think. The, the issue for Kansas City is if they get Baltimore, they have to take care of Lamar Jackson as well. So whereas Patrick Mahomes is as difficult a matchup as you'll find, Lamar Jackson's right there with him. So I, I, don't, I don't think Andy Reid would relish seeing Baltimore in the playoffs, frankly. No, um, but Baltimore, or I should say Kansas City, seems to have Baltimore's number over the last couple of years. As a matter of fact, that's the only loss out of the five losses that Baltimore has. That's the only loss that was uh, by more than an average of five points. Four of their five losses, John, have been by four, five, or six points, all within one score. That Kansas City game, I think third, fourth game of the season, was the only one where Kansas City was in control the whole time. And yeah. Kansas City, over the last couple of years, has yeah. seemed to have – uh, Baltimore's number, and we'll see what happens if they do make it um, into the playoffs. The playoffs are going to be a lot of fun for that reason. Baltimore is a better team than eight and five. You I lose think so. Four out of your five games by about four or five points each. Yep, that's one score. That's a game of inches. They're they're, a, they're better than an eight and five uh, team. Um, oh, and they lost their starting quarterback for a game. And no, there. I don't know of more than maybe two teams in the NFL that if they lose their starting quarterback, all of a sudden they're not the underdog in any given game. Let's just be honest. And particularly you have a guy like Lamar Jackson. Now they have RG3 backing him up, but uh, those guys just don't get on the you know field enough. And uh, he's just unique. Anyway, it was just a great, great game. Um, on the Cleveland side, I, I love seeing Baker Mayfield improve. Two weeks ago, he had a career game. He had a game that anybody would have been, you know, uh, proud of uh, in their win over the Titans, I believe. Um, and he played really, really well. There was a pick six, but it was a great play. And we always talk about interceptions and no two interceptions. They don't have the same value in my mind. I agree. There's a lot of that, uh, you know, quarterbacks are it's always on the quarterback, uh, which, which bothers me. I think I wish the NFL would change a couple of statistics. Sacked quarterbacks should not come off your rushing statistics. 
and um, interceptions should be graded as to whether they are quarterback. Uh, yes, or tip ball. Uh, wide receiver or a combination of both, or I don't know, superhuman play, whatever you, whatever you want to throw out there. But uh, my worry for Cleveland, though, Mark, is Baker still 31st in completion percentage in the, in the NFL after those two great games. And that would worry me a little about them. And that's why I think if I'm saying which one of these two teams I would uh, I would think we're more dangerous in the playoffs, even though that running game for, for Cleveland is astoundingly good. Um, I think that would worry me a little that uh, in the uh, under the pressure of a must win game, if he starts pressing, you know, it's already his completion percentage is something that he needs to work on. But uh, I, I don't think Cleveland's going away. And I think Kevin Stefanski, even though none of us knew his name until probably had memorized it till week 10 of this season. Um, he's done a terrific job up there. And everybody says what's really working is it's Kevin Stefanski's team, not Baker Mayfield's team. Not a slam on Baker, but that they are now, it's a team concept and not your flashy quarterback. Yeah, and you have to remember that 62.3 is his completion percentage. It's not that bad. It's just right. relative to the rest of the NFL uh, these days. It's It's not quite as good. But yeah, you're right. Cleveland is not as ready for prime time as Baltimore. I think we all understand that. And um, it would be more shocking if they were to go deep in the playoffs than the Ravens. But, but they're um, a good team. They are, they are a good football team. They're they're a lot they're a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun to watch. They're a lot of and they're um and and they're gritty now. They have a character about them, an identity about them. Yeah. That is we're going to we're going to try and win this thing. And it doesn't matter who we're playing. It doesn't matter what the score is. We're going to try and win this game, and that's to me, that to me is the victory in Cleveland yeah. that you've turned around the culture to some degree. Where now uh, this kind of great game we see is not necessarily that shocking coming from the Browns and coming from Baker Mayfield. Uh, how many months and weeks and even years have we assumed that they were? You know, this year was no different. Everyone talks them up in the off season, hype, 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 hype. And they always disappoint. And I think most people thought the same thing this year, but this, this didn't happen. This is a team with a good roster and now has a, a winning culture. And so they're, they're fun to watch. I guess the only question about them. And, and again, we would get into the arcane science of um, what, uh, what pay structures look like is they have a lot of money invested. That's going to increase they're going to have to make some difficult decisions over the next couple of years to try to keep all their players in place. That's your pay general general managers for Mark. Anybody can can uh, mortgage the farm for one to two seasons, but eventually that catches up with you. And yeah. can you maintain a la a New England, a Green Bay, you know Pittsburgh? These teams that seem to maintain that level of play. We should shout out to our good friend Joe Conley before we do our trivia. It is his birthday today. Absolutely, happy birthday, Joe. Happy birthday, Joe. Thanks for being a, you know, one of our one of our half dozen listeners. Thank you very, very much. And he's really a he's a constant source of sports information. Uh, he's staying on top of stuff and letting me know what's going on. He's let us know mid-show about things that have happened. So yeah. uh, uh, Joe, happy, happiest of birthdays over there in Scotland. All right, here is our trivia question, Mark, and then we'll move on. We'll talk some more about the uh, the, the NFL. But here is the trivia question. Uh, I, it, it's, it's timely for a couple of reasons. The other day I brought up television ratings and um, 
the changing demographics of how we're looking at, you know, how many eyes are on TV. You've been you, you you've been the advocate of overnight ratings in sports mean absolutely nothing these days. Um, and you laugh, but you've been saying that you were a little bit ahead of the curve on that. And, you know, I'm loath to give you praise. But uh, you you've always said and it was mainly your uh, your Colin Cowherd uh, battle where he just lives on overnight ratings for baseball, spelled the doom for the for the sport. But you've been saying for a long time, uh, overnight ratings don't mean that much. And the way people consume sports or any sort of entertainment now, especially baseball and the regional nature of baseball. Yeah. And basketball as well, I think, uh, falls into that and a lot of things. So to that, what I wanted to know was uh, this is also because we're going to talk a little about uh, James Harden and then we're going to talk about uh, opening night against the the Raptors in the heat, which I'm just absolutely terrified. Uh, you have no idea how terrified I am. Um, what was the highest? You'll, you'll see Eric Spolstra live and in person. You can you can give us a direct report on the kind of guy he seems to be. You know, uh, uh, on the bench, you know, and right. his, his general vibe. You know, we'll we'll get it from the horse's mouth, Johnny. What if they all come over and huddle up, and he's like, um, "Score a basket!" Hey, it's working. Play defense. <laughs> Score. Uh, what is the highest rated NBA Finals matchup of all time? I bring it up because uh, the just two twenty 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 one not particularly high high rate highly rated. Um, on again, these are traditional television ratings, which mean much less now than they used to make. But what is the highest rated series of all time? Um, let me ask you one. Let me let me ask you for one hint. Is it within the last ten years? That's the only hint I want. It is not. Okay. I would say 1984 Celtics Lakers. That is incorrect. That's a pretty good uh, guess. I would have thought that too. The one that it is surprises me a little. Um, but I think when we, when we come up with it, it will, will surprise us even less. All right. Um, all right. Let's move on. You, Mark, I, I sensed you had something else you wanted to talk about in the end. No, I just thought that's really good. You know, you know me so well. I just had a question for you. And okay. for Jeff. Now, now Jeff's a fantasy guy, and he's he's in there every week, so probably has uh, this on the on the top of his head. But let me ask you: if you were to t- tell me the top four quarterbacks in the National Football League right now, John, in terms of touchdowns thrown off the top of your head, who would the top four be? Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, um. That's wrong. Josh Allen's not one of them. Josh Aaron, Allen's Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is. He has 39 touchdowns to four interceptions. That's okay. a remarkable year. But uh, so so keep going. Um, You're leaving out the most disrespected quarterback in the NFL, I think. Tom Brady? No. Ryan Tannehill? Oh, we, Ryan, not Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill. Tom wow. Brady is in the top four. Yeah. Tom Brady. Okay. Yeah, I know I know he's throwing a lot of picks. So he, he no, but he, he touchdown passes. He has 30 already. Okay. Um wow. we're gonna have to throw uh so and then the other two are pretty obvious, I would say. So you you the first three uh, to me was Tom Brady was the was the one that uh was surprising. Right. 
Who, who are the other two? Uh, by the way, Lakers, Celtics, Bulls, Trailblazers are incorrect. Uh, any of the Lakers, Celtics matchup or the Bulls, uh, Trailblazers? Uh, yeah, Joe says Mahomes. Uh, obviously, should have thought of that. Yes, it's Mahomes. And uh, who's the who's the fourth? Russell Wilson. Russell oh, Wilson. Right. Yeah, I guess I should. So, so Wilson, Mahomes, and Rogers. But then Brady is in that company, and he's yeah. in the top four. He has. Where is Breeze? Where's Breeze sitting before? Do we know how many how many he touchdowns? Was, he was struggling a lot of this season yeah, before I where he, he went was. down. Uh, Breeze uh, had 18 touchdowns and three picks. I mean, that's pretty good. Still pretty good. Yeah, and his and his uh, completion percentage was 73.5. So, and that's without Michael Thomas for most of for, for his, most yeah, of that time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Breeze has so just set the bar in such a place that it's like yeah, we, we talked a lot about how he was struggling, but I mean it's. It's a bit relative how he was struggling. Yeah. Uh, what's surprising is Deshaun Watson has 25 home uh, home runs, 25 touchdowns. <laughs> that is extremely surprising. That would be surprising. And only six picks, 25 and six. His passer, passer rating is 109.4, and he's got 3,700 yards. And his um, completion percentage is 68.9. He's having a great They got to get things year. together there. They've got to get things together there. Yeah. They really do. They're they wasting really do. a great talent, a That's great, true. great kid. Uh, and I'm I'm allowed to say that to any active NFL player because they're at least 15 years older than young, uh, younger than me. Uh, he's a great kid and they need to get things right there because we have seen quarterbacks who have you know, just never gotten the help they deserve. And boy, he had the help. Um, to have this greatest season after losing DeAndre Hopkins, who I still believe seriously is the best receiver in the game, the best best hands in the game, if nothing else. Uh, pretty impressive. Houston, get things right. Deshaun Watson certainly deserves it. And and by the way, Tannehill, the aforementioned Ryan Tannehill, 28 and 5. So a phenomenal year as well. 28 and 5. So it's got to be one of my favorite stories over the last it's a great four or five one. years of football because he just seemed like such a good dude. He was a questionable pick when they got him because he played a lot of tight end at Texas A&M before he got the chance to start at quarterback. He was in a situation in Miami. Boy, talk about getting it right. How For how many years did they not get it right in Miami? And I think he paid the price for it. I think it made him tougher. And I think now with Mike Vrabel, a very, very good head coach, and I think a good front office down there and a, and a punishing running game, they're, they're, they were not what a lot of people thought they were, which was he- – he benefited. He benefited from getting a change of scenery sure. when it wasn't too late. Yeah, it was, yeah, he was. He was in a good position to get a change of scenery at a good age. That's true. Had some tread on those tires, and, and he also uh, benefits from having Derrick Henry in the back field as well, because you know the, they can't just tee off on him. You know, defensive lines right. just can't be off on him. They've got to take care of the run. They've got to. But his completion percentage is great. He's throwing a lot of touchdowns versus picks. So he's yeah, he's a weapon. He's and, not and a guy who would be uh, surprised if they make another run in the playoffs. No, no, the AFC is uh, th- those playoff games are going to be uh, are going to be incredible. That's All right, that, so, it'll go Chuck. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, and it'll be Kansas City and um, you know, Buffalo sneak might sneak into the AFC Championship game. That would be fun. I don't think there's any doubt about that, but it'll be it'll be what we always talked about in the NBA. They're going to have to learn to get by Kansas City. And are they going to be the team that maybe got good just at the wrong time because Patrick Mahomes is still young? You know, you'd prefer to get good when he's 37-year-old Patrick Mahomes than, you know, what is he, 19? I believe he's 19, right? Patrick Mahomes 19 years old. He might as well be. At this is point. it the uh, Chicago Bulls, L.A. Lakers? It is not the Chicago Bulls and the L.A. Lakers. I know it's surprising. It's going to be surprising. All right. A couple of other things we want to talk about in, in the NFL. 
the NFL has decided that they're not going to allow teams to bubble during the playoffs. A lot of teams said what they wanted to be able to do was send all their teams to hotel rooms, uh, keep them in, in as much of a bubble as they can. Uh, pros and cons are you, because I, I can see both ends of this, Mark. I just think that the NFL has deemed it based on the science that they've had for their sport and how many players have tested positive, how many games have been affected that they think for the most part on balance. And I would agree with this, that the protocols are working. The protocols as they are right now are working. They're going to add some tightening of the protocols for the playoffs. Teams have to take two planes. I'm not sure if that's what's happening uh, in the regular season, but they have to take two planes to get to their, uh, to the, get to their location. And, and once they are there, uh, there's a little bit of a loosening. If you've, if you've tested positive for COVID, you have 10 days. And if that 10th day is game day, you can play. So they've re- relaxed that a little bit, but it's still pretty tight in terms of if you're asymptomatic and you were uh, tested positive, it's still 10 days. I think it's fine. You know, to me, the NFL has shown me this season that they are responsible and agile. And I think um, I, essentially trust their judgment (laughs) which is a funny thing for a a host of after further review to say about roger goodell and the national football league but this is of course is done with um you know i I just try i I trust it i think it's i think it's probably going to work and they're just you know basing it on all the information they have over 13 games so far in the regular season jeff did you look like you wanted to Nope, it's frozen up. Uh, uh, no, I'm oh, not frozen up. I, I, I don't, I don't have anything to say about. Well, that. I, you yeah, know, no initially, you, initially when I heard it, I, and uh, I, I, I thought, well, maybe it's the players' association. They can't, you know, they don't want people to not be with their families, or everything. But initially, when I heard it, I thought, wow, I, I don't know why you wouldn't do this. Why would you take that chance? But the other side of it is, Mark, I, I don't know that it's any safer to put the, all these guys on the same team in a hotel. I think in some ways it's better to have them spread out at their homes with their families, and they, they know who the uh, the, the people that they've been around and they're just not packed in tightly together because to the point that, you know, people can be asymptomatic. And if you are packed into a hotel together, riding on buses together, there's a, a much better chance that it's it's going to be a problem. So I think it's a good move. And to your point about Roger Goodell, I think he's going to come out of this um, whole situation looking a lot better because we all argued for years that anybody Anyone on this show could be the commissioner of the National Football League, and every year profits would go up. I mean, honestly, you you would have to be you'd have to just start canceling franchises and television contracts. It's it's pretty much the goose that laid the golden egg at this point. But I said at the beginning of the season, these commissioners are earning their paycheck now because now they're having to navigate things that could really, really upset. You know, if things had swept through the NFL early on, you might've seen the season shut down and then arguments against ramping up again into November when the cases are, you know, skyrocketing in place, December, the cases are going up. But I, I think he's going to, I think he's going to come out of this smelling a little bit better. This will take a little bit of the stain off of some of the things that I think are legitimate about him being judge, jury and executioner when it comes to, uh, uh, penalties for, for guys who've done things wrong um, and about some other thing, inflexibility in, in some other areas. Uh, but I, I think to, to your point, I think the NFL has done a pretty good job with this. 
I think that's where he he has strengths, Roger Goodell. He has strengths in administration. Yeah. He has grown up in the National Football League. That's basically, you know, somewhere in the league office has basically been his only job for about yeah, 40 years. That's it. That's it. And so when things, when there's statistics and an and analysis that he has to look at and get an algorithm for, for, for everyone, I think he excels in that kind of thing. Even with the social justice stuff, they kind of they kind of fumbled it the first couple of times, and then yeah. this year they were on it. They were ready to go, and he even had to come back with something after his first statement, and the and he did it. But for the so so in a crisis, I don't yeah, think good he, crisis manager. Well, well, I don't know. I mean, I think initial crisis, I think he he is shown to be a fumbler. But if he has some sort of um, data underneath him, some sort of data underneath him, he can decipher it. And and I mean, let's be fair. Who who. How many people are great in the moment when things are just collapsing around them? Not everyone can make the right decision, but when he has the data in front of him and he can analyze it, he has proven to himself to be a good administrator. And I think that's what he's showing this year more than anything else. He, they, they have everything they need. They've made some decisions. It's not necessarily a crisis. Remember, they were one of the last sports, if not the last sport, to, to join in. So they, yeah. had all, they had all kinds of information from NBA, NHL, although they bubbled and uh, Major League Baseball, and uh, I think they've done a great job because I think that's where he excels. Yeah, I, I should have said said a great. He's a better. I think he's been being seen as a better crisis manager than he had been seen uh, in the past. And this really was this crisis is so unique versus you know even the the social justice stuff. Uh, and I guess you could have had massive player walkouts, but you have situations where you were going to lose a lot of games and stuff. And the, you know the, there was obviously there was a point in this season. And boy, I tell you, I'd love to go back and look at Twitter and the overreactions. There were points at the season where people were like, "Gonna have to shut it down," just like baseball. Remember when the Marlins had their got to shut it down? And um, both with baseball and football, I think they we, we've seen uh, pretty good uh, crisis management. Lenny pointing out that it's easier to move games with no fans. That is true, um, but I don't think you can grade him down for that. It was still, you know, we can question that whole Ravens Steelers thing. And did they want, you know, their nine and zero team? Did they want to give them a chance? Um, but I, I, you know, I, 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 I just want to say nice things about him because you're right. We don't often do no, that. no fans was his decision. Well, it, but it's not no fans everywhere. Yeah, right, you're right. Is, is the thing. So he, you know, I think they gave some individual locales. Uh, they, they gave leeway to the teams while still running things. I, he, he, he does a nice job when it comes to that kind of thing to be, to admit being the administrator of the National Football League, you know, kind of like the president in a way. The teams are like the states. They can have they can make their own decisions if they want Somewhat, to. Yeah. But then you have to have some sort of guiding, you know, principle on top of it. And he's done a nice job doing that. And the people that keep the people that immediately go to you got to shut it down. You got to shut it down. <laughs> Reminds me of a great politician, John Pelkey, who once said, who called those kinds of people nattering nabobs of negativity. <laughs> From your neck of the woods, Johnny. Spiro Agnew, former governor of Maryland. You know, you can rearrange the letters in Spiro Agnew and spell grow a penis. Try it. It's absolutely true. It is absolutely true. There's there's a there's a much talked about book about him out right now. Uh, by, yes. Yeah. By, Agnew, uh, interesting I, guy. I, yeah, exactly. I'm sure I'm sure Jeff can't wait to pick it up. It's uh, <laughs> written by Rachel Maddow. So. <laughs> interesting. Spiro Agnew. Now I'm going to get the audio book where she reads it to me. Uh, perfect. Perfect. I love that. Uh, Joe Connolly actually has uh, has jumped in with the correct answer. It's 1998 
Bulls Jazz. Ah, yes. In 1998. And then, and then look at you know, uh, the series with the biggest eyeballs, with the most audience watching. That's what Michael Jordan does in that series. Not only he plays a game with the flu, but he has the last shot of the series of really his career. Really should have been that way. That uh, that that series remarkable. was one too where people really thought they're going to beat Jordan. Yeah, the, the, the Jazz the third, have a chance. Yeah, it was the third of the of the first three, right? It was uh, it was they no, won the, the two It prior. was the last of the. It was the last of the second three. Right, last oh, of the second three. It, it, was, yeah, okay. it was yeah, it was the end of the run. Yeah, so that was that was Rodman and 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 Pippen and Jordan. Wow, that's yeah. Yep. Yeah. As I get older, those those seem like uh, the years get away from me. Oh, God. Good God. Yes, please. As I get older, that's for decades now, I've been confused about that sort of thing. Uh, and it, uh, I think it brings there's been a great conversation today that I've seen on a couple of different uh, uh, shows that you can argue who the greatest player in the history of the NBA is. You, you know, you we, we can talk about LeBron in that the most important player in the NBA Michael Jordan across the board. And I think then that includes, and, and I would say LeBron actually falls below maybe magic and Larry. Um, but I don't think there's any doubt that Michael Jordan is the most important player in the history of the NBA. Probably you could make an argument for Jerry and bill as well. Perhaps. Uh, I don't know that you can though, because just the explosion and part of it is timing because once Jordan, you know, more games are on television now with when Jordan uh, you know, he gets there and cable uh, is starting to to blow up and TNT's picking up games. But you remember, you didn't see a lot of basketball on television. Even during the Magic Larry days, you'd get, you know, a game on the weekend, maybe two if you were lucky. It was always the Celtics and whoever they were playing, the Lakers, whoever they were playing. But, you know, when Michael, he benefited from uh, obviously increased marketing, something like Nike was really ramping up their marketing at that time. But I think he is the most important player. And I think Colin Coward talks about this all the time, and I agree with it. You just have to look at what happened after Jordan retired, what happened yeah. to the league. Part of it because the league is so star-driven compared to other sports. Right, and they had a strike right after he retired as well. So sure. It, 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 it took him a while to, to to reboot. But, yeah, they had a star in the wings ready to go. They had – well, they had a, they had David Robinson. They had Tim Duncan ready to go when Michael was out. <sighs> exactly, exactly. And I think it's important. The only reason I bring up Jerry and Bill is because it's sort of like eras. They were the most important to get – the NBA from nothing to something. It's like yeah. Johnny Unitas and the Baltimore Colts game in 1958. Well, that was a very important game. Everyone talks about that. Well, that's that era. Now, now, right. now, now to get us, you know, the Dallas Cowboys and the America's team in the 70s may be the most important. Tom Landry might be the most important person. I know you hate that in the 70s for the. But I, I, I think. <laughs> I think it has to do Gonna go with now. errors, but yes, I agree. Certainly, in the modern era that we would define in the NBA, uh, I, I still think you just look. You look at Jordan. I just think Jordan. You know, Jerry West. I agree. Is, but I just think you know, given and it was a confluence of a lot of different things at one time. Um, and you can certainly argue that LeBron's skill set. And I know you love uh, the word skill set, Mark. I, I the phrase. Yeah. No, I hate it. You rephrase it. Skill sets. One skill set has now become one word, right? Hasn't hasn't it just become a? I, I thought it had been now. It is more words, maybe morphed into one word. Uh, about LeBron, you can say there are things yeah. you know he does better than Jordan, but yeah. I, I, the importance on the game, I, I don't think you can you can do that. All right, you stay so, with the NFL now. Hang on, Lenny has a question. Who scored the most career points in the NBA Finals? I mean, my my guess off the top of my head would have to be uh, LeBron, LeBron James because he's just been in so many. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I would say Jabbar after that. Yeah. Got, there's going to be a lot there. 
I, I have I know the answer to this because I'm at all of the NBA finals, so I'm not going to I'm not going to guess. Huh. I was going to ask Lenny what we won because that's normally the answer at the ESPN club when somebody, you know, you'd have a trivia question and they could win a T-shirt or a bat or in the early days with Mark, a salt shaker. <laughs> napkin. I, I, I will. I will give a Mimeo clue. Paper. It's, it's not LeBron, but they talk about it because LeBron will likely be able to surpass it in his career. OK, so it, it could be Jabbar. It could be uh, golly Moses. I guess it could be Michael. I mean, that would make a lot of sense as well. Yeah. Could be wrong, wrong. Apparently, Lenny just all over us. But anyway, so I was going to ask Lenny what we win, but you don't win on anything on this show when you answer the trivia question either. All right, let's stay with the NFL and the marketing aspect of it, because I thought this was interesting. Mark, I don't know if you read the story, but the NFL is going to televise one of their wild card games on Nickelodeon with a production geared towards younger folks. Yes. Yes. I think I think it's brilliant, frankly. I, I agree. I mean, this is another example of Roger Goodell uh, yeah. figuring things out and growing the sport. And they want to increase the demographics outreach. They want to increase, uh, you know, the generational demographics as well as diverse uh, demographics as well. And it's a simulcast. It doesn't take away any uh, uh, eyeballs off of any of the other games because they're they're set to go. They're ready to go. CBS is I, I think it's sort of um, coinciding with CBS or something along CBS and they have no problem with it. They don't feel like it's going to take anything away from them. So, right. So there it is. Yeah. I, I think it's a great idea. I don't, it's, it's a funky idea. You know what I mean? It's like you, I, it was, it's something I never would have thought of, you know, how right. sometimes great yeah. ideas are like, Oh, why didn't everyone think of that? You know what I mean? Ziploc bags or, or, or resealable bags. It's like, okay, well, how did we not think about that thing? Or, Mix or like the a- peanut butter and the jelly together in a jar. <laughs> you got I your mean- peanut butter in my jelly. You got your jelly in my peanut butter. <laughs> mm. Yeah. No, I, I yeah, I, I agree. I think it's I think it's interesting, too, because, I mean, it, you know, I think kids are still um, experiencing football and stuff, but they're watching, the, you know, much like you, Mark, at times, the highlight show. Maybe, they, you know, they're they're not watching a, a game in real time. And I think it I, I, I'm going to record it and I want to see what their uh, what their production is like, because, again, to me, the, the most interesting thing about it is they are gearing a production for these kids. And I think I think this is a benefit of uh, of the covid era when they're looking to pick up maybe a little bit of extra revenue that they've lost, certainly for the preseason games they've lost some revenue and we don't know yet whether or not we'll lose revenue at the end of the season because there's still the possibility that games between teams that are out of the playoffs might find might be canceled uh, that right. uh, certainly a possibility but I read this I just thought it was I thought it was great and I I, I, I only lament yes. I only lament this and I and, and I do frequently because I'm a caring nurturer sure you're not a nattering nabob of negativity I want to see everyone succeed Mark I just, that's all I want. I, I'm 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 a lover. I want to see everyone succeed. I just feel bad because there was a time if this had happened 17, 18 years ago where our good friend Dave Azer would have just benefited greatly from this. He may have hosted. You think I'm kidding? Dave Azer no, may have hosted. No, that is very, very true. That one of their productions. Very, very, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Now he's old like us and he can't do it anymore. Uh, but boy, well, at the I time he's he young enough, he can do it. He's well, just, he could do it. They wouldn't have long in the tooth for a Nickelodeon. They wouldn't have it. Right. Hello. 
<laughs> I don't think Dave smokes, but no, you've got to you've got to be about what what what. 13, 14 years old to to be right smack dab in the demographic to host a show in Nickelodeon. Or one of those actors who's like 26 and looks, you know, 10. 17. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the, the Luke Perry, uh, RIP. Uh, I think when he was doing, uh, which one did he do? Uh, Beverly Hills 90210. Melrose Hills, Beverly, Melrose Place, whatever the hell. I think he, he was 56 years old, 56 years old when he did that, the very first season of that show. So, wow. Look younger. Yeah. So younger. when he did pass away, he was 94. That's 94. Good. So I didn't, you know, people 94, 94 look in years. I mean, come on. Uh, anyway, yeah, I just thought this was a really, really interesting, uh, interesting story in a, in a, in a, in a day where yeah, there, there, there are not a ton of interesting stories, what everybody's talking about in sports right now. Um, the big story is the James Harden story. So let's, let's pivot to that for just a minute. Um, we talked about it with the, with the NBA and that they it, it is of all the leagues the most star driven league. You would agree to that that the stars have mo- the most power in in the NBA over a you know, smaller team certainly is a part of it. But sure. uh, I would agree. Patrick Mahomes could not hold up the plane for the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, and tell them what time they had to leave. Now, if he missed the plane, they would they would get him on another plane. I get that. But from the reports that we're hearing from people on the inside, even guys who like Russell Westbrook, who liked uh, James Harden uh, personally, uh, said the the problem down there, and of course, you know, he probably denied if he was asked now, but we have some pretty good sourcing on this, is that James decided what time practice was. James decided if the plane was going to go or not. Sometimes they had to wait for him because James had been partying and he didn't quite get to the plane on time. Um what kind of stock do you put in that? And I, and, and are you like me that you think that this colors harden a lot more than it would if he had won a championship at some point? Well, I don't think we would hear much about this if they were a winning franchise. I mean, I know they're winning technically, they have more wins than losses, but they are, um, it's highly, you know, it's, it's very notable to see when they exit the playoffs every single year. And for the most part, I have blamed coaching. Uh, Remember, I don't think too many egos on a team means that you're not going to win. Remember, uh, the the, the most success James Harden had was when not only Russell Westbrook was a teammate, but but Kevin Durant Durant as well. And they made it to the finals. They won a game against the uh, Miami Heat that year and Oklahoma City. So I don't think that's the problem. I think, I think, Still, it's a coaching issue in Houston, frankly. Or, or not coaching, apparently, from this story, is that they're, you know, it's James Harden, and that's it. It's his way or the highway. So that would be a lack of coaching in my mind. We'll see what happens in, in uh, Washington, right? It was uh, Westbrook for Wall, just Washington. straight up straight up trade. Yeah. We'll see what happens there. Wall's gotten uh, been painted as a selfish player. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Westbrook has as well. Uh, sort of anywhere Westbrook has gone, they've, you know, they've they've had a lot of potential and they've looked phenomenal at times and then they just fall off the planet. Yeah. And uh, and that's the same thing with Harden. So I, I don't know necessarily why he's getting all the focus, maybe because he's the only one left, really, yeah. to, to get the focus, to blame. And he's asked uh, to leave. He said he wants to leave. He has. He has brought that up to be traded as well. So, you know, we'll see. I don't know. I I it doesn't surprise me. But I always get I always get a little, you know me, I always get a little prickly when it comes when it when it gets to these 
sort of, um, I don't know, hit, not hit pieces, but pieces that just go after guys. And then everyone piles on and it's like, ah, we love to do that. this. I, I, I know it. And I, I can't stand it. It feels like a Jerry Springer episode. You know, I, I don't like it. I'm surprised that that's the story that's big because uh, I saw during warm ups yesterday that uh, James Harden seems to be in charge of how many times they eat. And it's a lot. He's, he's a little beefy. He is checked out. That guy yeah. is out of shape. He's got a gut. He looks terrible. I don't know what they're going to do with him. They, well, I think they may have waited too long. And some of that could be, you know, I, it's just been such a weird year that, you know, guys, uh, uh, for, for people. But, yeah, that is, that's the other thing is that he showed up, uh, you know, out, out of shape and doughy, according to everybody. He looks big. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. And that's a guy who's in tip-top shape. Yeah, as a rule, and he probably, I wonder if he does this every offseason, he just has less time this offseason to get get himself back into shape. You know, I, I, I know I've read that about a lot of players that sort of let themselves go or whatever it is, actors who do that too in between projects, and then they just whip themselves into shape for, for the next season or for the next film or whatever it is. And, and this season, they didn't have the same amount of no, time. No, it's interesting to see what teams, you know, and I've watched a little bit of preseason and I'll see obviously the Heat and the Raptors from the from the table on Friday and get to see a little more basketball. But it's going to be that's a really good point, Mark. It's really going to be interesting seeing with guys who come back, how are they able to manage that? Because the NBA even in a shorter season, that's a grind and guys are going to uh, you know, it may be the second half of the season before we really find out where these teams are. We we always talk about the first what month of the season is just Guys getting, you know, getting back in rhythm that you, you really throw out that period in the NBA and it's a shorter season this year. That may be uh, that may be a bit of an issue for teams. We're going to see uh, the talk, by the way, of Harden is that uh, Philadelphia would be the place that he would go. And and and, and I kind of like that, actually. I do, too. That's interesting, except. Uh, yeah, I like that. That's Doc Rivers. I like that a lot, actually. Um, I'm very interested in Philadelphia this year. I think it's really going to be very, very interesting. We have uh, – let's see if I can do this right now. I don't know if I can do this. I'll do, do, a, do a little share screen of a, a, a latest um, James Harden picture. Let's see if I can We're do We're doing this. technology. We're doing technology. Danger, Will Robinson. Step away from your computers. There it is. Look at that guy. Holy moly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he looks, you know, it's that's me. So but no one expects me to be in shape. Right. Exactly. Wow. So there. Um, now, there I don't know a, if this is that bad. There was, a, there was a picture of him taking a shot. So there's a side angle of him mm-hmm. and his arms are up in the air and he looks like he could be handing out presents soon. Now maybe wow maybe maybe he uh, he'd do a great Santa. He should be the NBA's uh, Santa. Uh Maybe he's just decided he wants to develop a low post game and he needs more. He needs more heft. Maybe he's decided, you know what? This whole guard thing's been too easy for me. I want to play the four now on. Jeez. Here's, we're, another, we're uh, different. here's another picture. Uh, this is taken from last night's game coming up. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry if you're listening on the podcast. We're just sharing uh, James Harden, who is, right. you know, just in my opinion, hey, I think. Hey. It's James Harden. <laughs> I think it's, yeah, from beautiful Miami Beach. Uh, no one gets that reference, which is about a 60-year-old reference. Jackie do you think, yep. Do you think that uh, 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 
that maybe the Doc Rivers thing would work out because, you know, Doc has the knock on Doc Rivers is that he's just too much of a player's coach. And he, but it, yeah. but it seems like he'd be a guy that Harden would respect. And there, and, and when you're making your teammates wait, I don't care how good you are, wait for the plane. If you're doing some of these things that, and again, these are allegations, they're not all backed up, but we're hearing from different sources. And again, we realize that the NBA is the star driven league and that, and that uh, players do carry a lot more heft. But do you think that maybe uh, pardon the pun? Yes. Uh, do, do you think maybe the fact that Doc Rivers is a guy who's just universally respected, not only as a coach, but was universally respected as a player, that he might have a little bit more? This might be a uh, one of those opposites. Or excuse me, not an opposite attract thing, but but maybe the fact that they are a little bit simpatico that Doc does realize that it's a that it's a player's game and you do really have to keep these guys uh happy to certain to a certain respect maybe that works with Harden a little bit better well i, I don't I, know I, 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 he's going to have Embiid and Simmons right and then yeah, Harden that, so that's why that's why i think Boston. and and it's a perfect big 3 too because Ben Simmons, for all of his talents, can't shoot. Right. And Embiid can be underneath while James Harden hucks up 53s a game. That would be a really good fit for him. He's going to yeah. need to get in shape, though. <laughs> and I, and I, honestly, I honestly don't believe that either of those two guys are going to be the kind of guys that need to be the focal point of an offense. I think they, they really will... He would fit in perfectly. I think that's why the Jimmy Butler experience worked so well there. I mean, it didn't get him over the top, but those guys were still children when right. he was there. If they get James Harden now with a few years and some playoff experience for for Simmons and Embiid, and Embiid stays healthy, then that could be a team that would absolutely compete. Yeah, for certainly for the Eastern Conference, there's no doubt about that. And and I think Doc Rivers has shown that he can do that. I just think, um, you know, maybe he's. I don't know about Doc. I think Doc overachieved sometimes. He overachieved with the Magic that one year. They mm -hmm. they got to 500 and they hardly had anyone on yeah. that team. And I think he may have even overachieved a little bit with the Celtics that year because that remember that was in the that was in that last uh, Laker run with Phil Jackson where they ended up winning. I think two. Uh, they they won two. Yeah, they beat the Magic. and They beat the Celtics the second time they played them. But the that first year in 08, when they when the Celtics actually won that was Doc Rivers. So. He's been known to do that, even though he's been known to underachieve. I think that's a fun fit. I would be great. I'm I got a soft spot for Philly this year. Now, you I, guys, that's the one team, right? The 76ers that you could get behind. It it doesn't feel like Philadelphia to you, right, John? It doesn't feel for like me, yeah. I go back, I go back. City. No, because I always love Doc. Like I said, I love that 83 team that won it all. I always love Dr. J. I had a Dr. J poster, the famous Dr. J poster that everybody had. I think I had a poster of him when he was in the ABA, for gosh sakes. We just all loved uh, Julius Irving. And, yeah, that's that's the one I can get behind. And we've been talking about the 76ers and what they needed to do, Mark, since we were on the radio show with Brian Winnegar. We were talking about, you know, how that was a team that would benefit from tanking. That was the first discussion, really long discussions that we had about what team would benefit for tanking. And they've been rebuilding for so long. It would be really fun to see. And I'm not going to call Harden uh, a reclamation project, but a guy that, it, you know, it becomes more and more apparent that he's going to go around the league scoring a lot of points and being a perennial all-star and maybe not sniff a championship. And uh, that, that'd, be, that'd, be, that'd be a fun matchup. Fun, I, fun, throw, fun. 
I throw all of the rules out when it comes to the NBA. I don't, I don't have a, I mean, I'm an Orlando magic fan, but I root for whomever I think can keep LeBron James from winning championships (laughs) at this point. And if it's the Philadelphia 76ers, then uh, buy me a jersey. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Hey, you, you, uh, to be a fan of anything there ha- of any league or team that you have to have something on the opposite side that you hate because that's what really really gets your fan that's what drives sports hate it really does it's the hatred that drives we got the love it is it's a perfect place to have it you know it's tribal there's hatred there's division that's where we should put it in this country <laughs> not in politics and not in discussions and trying to solve problems that all of us agree on we all agree of you know that we all agree things need to be solved we just don't necessarily agree how to get there but all the hate and tribalism and division sports, sports will save us Sports will save us, people. Let's, Keep it to sports. Sports will save us. My my buddy Steve Carricker uh, pointing out that Harden's beard game is on point, and it is absolutely he is having great beard game. I'm in favor of any beard that makes you look in some way like a Civil War reenactor. I'm just say that for that. That's what you I would like. The, you love that. I do. I do. If you weren't the the Toronto rap, the voice of the Toronto Raptors, you were seriously of thinking of uh, joining a uh, a Civil War uh, reenactor squadron. I did think about it, but then I read a book called Confederates in the Attic that talked about they how they all have masks on as they're reenacting. Right. Thing. right. Well, I would have paid off for them because uh, you had a one in 70 chance of dying in battle in, during the Civil War. And you had a one in, I think, one in four, one in five chance of dying of uh, disease. So, yeah, it would have benefited that, to do that. But, uh, I, you know, oh, yeah. I, I, but I read Confederates in the Attic. And the thing that bothered me was. There, the the battle there seemed to be between the guys who wanted to show up in like the pristine uniform, so they looked like, uh, you know, Stonewall Jackson in in a painting or in a movie, and then, then there were the other guys who thought you have to look as so authentic, you have to smell bad, you have to be underfed. The guys talked about the fact that when they would get their new uniforms, they would urinate on them, they would defecate on them, they would you know, put them in mud puddles, let them dry outside, and they even had word. And I can't, I think it's Farb for guys who were reenactors who showed up and and they weren't disgusting enough. And that just, you know, I I shower three times a day. I I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Sorry. Three times a day? And, and, and sometimes, yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Spent a lot of time in the shower. Particularly very, now. Very clean. He's very clean. Very clean. He's a nice old man, isn't he? He's very clean. Very clean. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, I, that's why I could never be a Civil War reenactor. I couldn't even be like a Lincoln's cabinet reenactor because they're all dusty and everything. And like, oh, yeah, you don't like uh, you don't like uh you don't I wouldn't have done well in the 19th century, Mark. I would not well, have done, done well in the 19th century. I would not have. Yeah, I, w- I maybe. I don't think I would have gotten to three or four years old. I, I wouldn't have gotten out of infancy. I would have no chance. I did I not have gotten out of infancy. Very early. And then if I did get to some sort of adolescence, man, oh, man, I would be running to the nearest big city and try to be some sort of, you know, mercantile, you oh. know, get into that class. <laughs> mercantile. <laughs> so, I Where is Mercantile. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I would have to do. You'd be selling laudanum out the back door. Hey, you need something? Mm, or I could here. be the, uh, the Ali, the Ali Hakim or the Ali Hakim. Uh, I could be the uh, snake oil salesman. Probably. Well, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah. You wouldn't be, you wouldn't be good. And this would be me. I'd join the, the military. Cause I'd think this is going to be adventure girls. And, uh, and it'd be in the, in the heat of battle. Sergeant Pilkey, take that hill. I'm sorry. <laughs> Take the hill! And seems stoutly defended. 
That was your job. <laughs> I got to be honest with you, dude. This man could get hurt. Let's go around them. Let's go around them. We could go around them. And that's you know, me. I'd be total go around. I'm not very learned when it comes to the Civil War, but I think there were actors. So you guys could have been perfectly fine. And there, potentially there were. In history. There were. So, so then we would have had to, to, you know, political assassination would have been our only, uh, would have been our yeah. only gig. Although uh, the brother of John Wilkes Booth, Edmund Booth. The finest was, actor of his generation. was Yeah. And he toured all over the country doing yeah. shows, doing plays. Saved Robert Lincoln's biography on Edmund, Edmund Booth. And it was quite good. It was really terrific. It was like, all right, this could have, I could have maybe done something like a lot. I mean, it would have been the F level Edmund Booth, but I, you know, if you could make a living just going from town to town doing a, must have been doing a, a, doing a show. Have, must have been one of those Brian Kilmeade or Rush Limbaugh histories because his oh, first name was Edwin, actually, not Edmund. So, uh, that, Edwin uh, Booth. Sorry. Ed, Ed, Edwin Booth. 30, 37 years ago, I read it. Uh, yeah, I, no. I've I've read about John Wilkes Booth though, and uh, in both books they do talk about how it started in the stables when he went into the Ford Theater. So John's out. Yeah, it's a good point. That's true. Edmund Keane. See, I get him. I get him mixed up because that was a very famous British actor, not quite a contemporary, but not far away. Maybe and, a and he, when he was the husband of uh, Laura Keane of My American Cousin, right? Uh, who was on stage when when Lincoln was shot. This has got to be just riveting for oh, the sports. I would think, I would think the people that listen to our show, I sh- I'm sure they're thinking this is great. Stop talking about James Harden and can, and please bring up political assassination by actors <laughs> did you get that reference absolutely i i would i always wanted to play uh, john wilkes booth in assassins uh, the musical i thought i would have been terrific uh and and i could do it now however i've i'm 32 years his senior when he passed away i think he was only 24 years old um, yeah there's there's maybe a handful of musical theater roles you can play now john sorry about that. <laughs> maybe three hey listen if i go on the james Grandpa harden diet time if, if I go on the James Harden diet, I can play Tevia. So, you know, I'd, uh, yeah. I'd have to I'd he have could, to put on. A, he could be the mother in Hairspray. I could. Oh, wow. I had a yeah. friend who played that on the national tour. Paul Vote, my friend Paul Vote, played that yeah. role in the national tour. That uh, show. Nice. I wonder if that's uh, all right. Oh. Yep. Before we uh, before we get out here, I'd love to talk more about uh, Edwin Booth saving Robert Lincoln's life on a on a subway platform in New York City or train platform in New York City. I'd like to talk about their father. I they believe Junius Brutus Booth. No, that's one of the sons. Anyway, the elder Booth, who was considered one of the finest actors. Uh, I think it might have been Edwin Senior, finest actors of his era, uh, was such a raging alcoholic that when he didn't have money. He would rent himself out to a store in New York City and he would sit in the he would sit in a chair in the window and people would come by to see the famous actor and he'd do that. And then they would pay him uh, and then he would go drop it all at some Lower East Side bar. Yes, to the tavern. He'd go (laughs) right down to the tavern. Come on now. All right. Um, Before we get out of here, deep dives. Mark, you put it out. You asked the listening public to give us some ideas on deep dives. And it it crippled the internet. The amount of replies crippled the internet. I apologize to everybody who couldn't couldn't reach out uh, for business purposes because of this. What well, uh, yeah, what Gmail was down uh, on Friday, and I oh, think this was the, this was the reason. Yeah, who's this the leader in who, who's the leader in the uh, in the clubhouse, Mark? For in the for in the in the clubhouse, it's uh, 1972. Okay. I like the idea of doing years. I loved doing 1968. I really enjoyed your 1941. Uh, we've had the uh, 
a 1960 suggestion from Lenny, which I think is a very good year also. But 72, that covers a lot of bases in 72. It really does. And okay. uh, I think I'm going to uh, I think I'm going to do a 1972 deep dive uh, whenever we decide to do it. Maybe uh, first week of January. We talk That's a good one for me because I was eight years old and we talk about seven or eight is really in that in that era when you uh, that age when you start paying attention to sports. And it was a good year for me to do that. Uh, 71 was a good year. The Orioles are in the World Series, 72. Uh, the uh, Native Americans are in the uh, Super Bowl, win the, win the NFC that year. Yep. Um, so, yeah, good year for me. Good My, my, high, my yep. excuse me, my eight-year-old football team, we won the county championship, the Mighty Rough Riders. We'll, we're going to lead with the Mighty Rough Riders in the 1970s. I'll have, I'll, have I'll have our starting quarterback, Steve Carricker, on the show if that's necessary. I will, I will, I will do that. We'll, we'll talk a lot about the Rough Riders. And we ran an unbalanced line and the great head coaching of Monroe Lesser and, uh, and the folks. Sure. Uh, um, use me as a resource, Mark. We use me as a get, resource. We did get a um, – an email, however, from a listener uh, on our podcast, AFR at Gmail email. Uh, there was a contribution from one of our listeners. And uh, Jeff, if that's queued up, I think we should listen to it right now. Okay. Hey, Don Lenny, I'd like to say congratulations on your new gig. And now, Stepping onto the court for the first time at five foot nine from Northern Virginia via the Florida Gators, our new Raptor Ranter, John Pelkey. I like it. I like That's it how they're going to introduce you. You're going to step out onto the court. You know, raise your hands. Do I like do you? A, yeah, do a three sixty to 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 all the seats I'm, out I'm doing there. A, I'm doing one of those drops from the ceiling on the uh, on the, the wires that slow you down. I'm coming down, yeah, dropping down there. That's what I'm going to do, as well as well I should. I like it. Uh, uh, Zach Boyd uh, is uh, chiming in that he joined the stream five minutes ago and he's very confused as to what the show is about. <laughs> Don't worry, people who joined it an hour ago are confused as to what it's about. So our job is done. Yes, we are done, Zach. Thanks for joining us, though. That's great. Uh, ostensibly, it's a sports podcast, uh, but we talk about musical theater. We talk about history, and uh, we talk about dropping from the ceiling in uh, NBA games. If you're the voice of the Raptors, yeah. And we talked. We talked about John Wilkes Booth and acting in the uh, in the uh, you know nineteenth uh, century. Edwin Booth retired from acting after his brother shot the president, and uh, it was uh, it was a good career move because uh, you know he expressed a lot of. Uh, uh, sadness as to what happened and apologized and retired. And uh, then he just sat back and he waited for the clamoring from the crowds for him to come back. And he was even more popular afterwards. Yeah. So he had a, he had a pretty good life considering uh, all the trauma surrounding him. He had a pretty right. good life. And, you right. know, and he, you're never going to be the worst brother in your family. You no. know, or the worst male in your family. You got an alcoholic dad. You got a killer for a brother. Yeah. Even though, even though you're just, you know, memorizing lines and touring the country. And he's got a. Uh, I, I think he's got a distant relative in uh, in Coldplay too. So just right. Like he remains. Family. He remains the best male in his in his family generations hence. All right. Anything else after that silliness? Uh, after Edwin Booth. No. Just remember negative nabobs of. I'm sorry. Nattering yeah. nabobs of negativity. Look that up, and then uh, look for the book that is just out about him and his time. In the White House, he hails from uh, Jeff and John's 
area of the country. Although Jeff really isn't from DC, right? You're just a DC guy in terms of your sports. Yeah, my guy. wife, my my wife uh dragged me into the DC sports Ooh. fandom, which is why I never think they're gonna choke. Uh, right. That's the you DC been mentality. Steeped. Right. right. Yeah, but you're not steeped in that. Right. And Mark knows that I project the, uh, that the Washington football team will go 0-16 every year. Uh, that is always my projection. And the Orioles will never put it back together. Uh, by the way, uh, finally, uh, once again, happy birthday to Joe Conley. Lenny had asked the question who the scored the most points in the playoffs, and it's still Jerry West. Yeah, by about 50 or something, I think, at this point. That's pretty That's pretty crazy. There's a reason. For, for those of you who, don't, who wonder why Jerry West is the logo of the NBA, there, 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 there's well, there are two reasons. Correct Hugh for the people who made that decision at the time, and that he's still the leading scorer. Well, and they were in the they were in the finals basically every year, and they have to have one series to get the final. Yeah, we have a lot of series now in the NBA, and there's lots of opportunities to score. But we're talking just the finals, yeah. and uh, and he was in I don't know ten finals, twelve finals in his in his career. Lost all but one. That's crazy. Lost all but one. And was he ever regarded as a loser? You know, no, has, Skip, some, has Skip Bayless ever said Jerry West is a loser? Pretty good players around him, too. Pretty good players yeah. around him, too. So you couldn't say, Elgin well, it was Baylor, him and Wilt nobody Chamberlain. else. Yeah. 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 Elgin Baylor and Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah. So he, he, he ended up with a full hand of rings, though, and yeah. one to grow on. He did. In terms of being a GM, absolutely. Ap- outstanding work out of him. Yeah. All right, Johnny. So Margot loves you. She loves the Raptors. That's our new favorite team. All right, fair enough. Mark Margot joining us. Zach Boyd joining us. Steve joining us. Man, we have tripled our audience today. I, yeah, I think it's time to declare victory and depart the field. Uh, everybody, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back Friday. Now we're going Friday. We'll do a morning show for those of you who watch, because Mark's got a little gig in the afternoon, and I have to go to Tampa for the the first Raptors game. So we're gonna do. Uh, did you tell Jeff this, or is this? Am I passing this? Minute? No, no, no. I I, I knew. I, okay. I was available all day. I told Mark I'm up at 630 in the morning because I have a three-year-old, so I'm good whenever. He's free all day long. All right. Excellent. So we're joined by Derek Abbott. It's going to be a lot of fun. 10 a.m. show. It's our 100th episode. Zach, yes, you had a chance to be confused 99 other times. <laughs> and uh, this is this will be our 100th episode. So I, I think we need to make some some big announcements, a la Colin Cowherd. Who, has he made his big announcement yet? Has he got an announcement going? I don't know. I yeah, supposedly he's got a big announcement. He's probably leaving California like the rest of them. Going to Texas? No, Move to like Texas. Nashville. Maybe going Nashville. to uh, Nashville or maybe Vegas even. Hmm. No, Vegas. He's, he has he's a, a big gambler guy. He's, he loves that stuff. He has history in Vegas, too. He used to work and out he, there. So. He does, yes. So still, we'll see. Still does a good job. My wife actually said we need to do something like uh, Colin is right, where Colin was right, and where Colin was wrong. She That's loves that. That's a he great thing. That. And he admits it. Unlike, yeah. you know, Skip Bayless, who rolled the tape, though he's consistent on his just stupid comments. He's consistently dumb. So it's not, he doesn't look terribly hypocritical. He just looks like, you know, looking for the hot take. So no hot takes here. That's what Zach, no hot takes. <laughs> not going to get After further takes. review, no hot takes. That's right. All right. For Jeff Taylor, Mark Ferrer, I'm John Pelkey. Thanks again for listening, everybody. And we will see you Monday morning on the YouTube thing. Friday morning. Friday. Friday. Did I say Monday? You know. Oh, God. I'm, where, I'm terrified. Where, where, Mark and, where Mark and John were wrong. I think that's what the 
segment should be. That should just be the name of the show. We should do a show on every other show. We, we, we have opinions on one show and come back for the next show and talk about where we, our opinions were just wrong. Right. I love it. Where, right. where, where we were wrong. We'll steal that voiceover too. Where, and then we'll, uh, Colin will sound of it. Where, Mark and John, we're wrong. I like it. I like it. After further review, we'll, uh, we'll see you Monday. Uh, excuse me. Friday morning, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.